ELC Radio. Hey family, what's going on? This is Pastor Cruz Ramirez with Abundant Living Faith Center from El Paso, Texas. This is the podcast that's going to help you love God and lift up. God is going to cause you to change and he's going to cause you to take your promised land, but you got to quit looking for a get rich quick scheme. Come on, somebody. God is thinking peace of you and not evil. That when he thinks about your life, he's not mad at you. The strongest people are people that understand togetherness. All throughout your life, you're on this journey to go from me to we. Love God. Lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax. And enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. Treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to John 17, 13 through 18. John 17, 13 through 18. We are starting a brand new series, and it's something that I believe translates over. The last eight weeks, we're talking about crossing over, okay? And I believe it's a prophetic word for us as a church that God uh, is taking us from one glory to the next glory. It, 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 it works with us corporately as a people. We're crossing over into a new building, a new dimension, a new level of church, a new level of reaching our community, going to the nations, all these different things. And it deals with the individual understanding this. You are no longer in Egypt. Come on, somebody. Amen. God saved you from your sins. He took you out of your world. He pulled you and I out of the muck and the mire. He took us out of Egypt. Now, we are not necessarily in our promised land yet. Amen. How many know that? Amen. Some of us are in a process. We're all in a process. But some of us are in that wilderness season. Okay. The wilderness is an interesting place. Here's the thing. You can't get to the promise without going through the wilderness. Most people want to skip the wilderness. We want to be like Star Trek and wish that we had those tubes that Kirk and Spock used to go into where they could step in the tube and they would go get all grainy and they'd show up on a planet. How many Star Trek heads do we remember? Anybody used to watch Star Trek? All right. So we, don't have, we want those in the kingdom, right? But they don't have those. We want to be translated from Egypt into the promise, okay? But that's not how it works. There's always a wilderness season. So remember this. You cannot avoid the wilderness, But you can determine how long you stay there. You can determine how long you stay there. Your wilderness journey doesn't have to be forever. Doesn't have to be two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, ten years. Some of you, 20 years. Some of you, 30 years. Doesn't have to be that. If you can learn the lessons of the wilderness, you can cross over into your best life, your promised life. And there are things that God has promised for all of us. There's, there's a reason 
you were born. How many realize that? You're not an accident. You weren't just the accident of two people having sex or coming together. It may seem like that. You may think that's your story, but the Bible tells us otherwise. It says in the Bible that before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Think about that for a moment. That means your true origin was with God. It began with God. Amen? And so we talked about that for the last two weeks. And if you haven't heard it or if you have heard it, go on the podcast or the app. You can listen to those messages. But I feel like what the Lord is saying to us now as we're possessing the promised land, as we're crossing over, as we're going to another level, we've got to make sure that we are in this world but not of it. You see, when Israel went into their promised land, there were what we call ites in the land the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, all those things, right? All those things were in the land living in their promise. How many of you know there are things and people living in your promise? Well, what Israel had to do is they had to deal with those things. And God gave specific examples and instructions in the law that he gave them in the wilderness. And that was this, when you get over to the promised land, don't be like those folks. Don't be like them. When you get over and you, you find out how the Canaanites are living and the ites and all these things, how they are, you don't be like them. Can I get a good strong amen? amen. And if this isn't a message that the American church needs to hear, then I don't know what is. Because we get people that come into the kingdom and they never shed their old ways. They go right back into the workplace and they're just as jacked up as everybody in the workplace that don't know God. Their marriages aren't different. Their kids aren't different. Their lives aren't different. And this is not crossing over. People, if you're going to cross over, you've got to know whose you are. Amen? Now let's start with our text today. John 17, 13 through 18 says this. But now I come to you And these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Now, this is Jesus speaking. Because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into this world, I have also sent them into this world. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that I don't give a talk today, but Father, I communicate your word. And I pray that the spirit of revelation would be in this place opening the eyes of every person, allowing them to have spiritual ears to hear truth that can transform. And Father, I pray right now that the the great teacher, you would be in the room, that you would move through me, through my mouth, through my gift, through this word, to help us understand and grasp the power that we have in an unsaved world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. This is a powerful scripture. And I want to awaken the power of it on the inside of you. Jesus is talking here, 
and he makes some, some strong statements. He's, he says, I have given them your word. How many of y'all are thankful for the word of God? You've got to fall in love with the word of God. See, understand this. The Bible says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. How many love Jesus? Only half of you? Four of you? I got to get y'all saved before I go on here. How many of y'all love Jesus? Then what you have to understand is this. To love Jesus is to love his Word. He and his Word are one. This is why Satan don't want you reading the Bible. This is why some of you don't read the Bible. Because Satan, as long as he can keep you ignorant, he keeps you powerless. As long as he keeps you ignorant, he keeps you from Jesus. But every morning when I crack my word open, when I open that Bible or I click on my Bible app and I begin to read his word, Jesus comes into your room. He shows up. Boom, he's there. And whenever you begin to read his words, he's right there speaking to you, becoming one with you. But as long as you keep his word at a distance, as long as you keep his word on Sunday from 10 to 12, that's the only time you get any word in you, then you become deficient in something that makes you powerful. Can I get an amen on that? So we have to learn how to love God's word. Amen? Can, I, can, can we just talk real here? We, we, we've got to break free of entertainment sometimes. We've got to understand that church, although it can be cool and we can have lights and we can do stuff, listen, sometimes we just got to get down and get some good teaching. It can't all be jokes, skits, illustrated sermons. Those are great. I love those things. Can't always be YouTube videos. Can't always be this or that. Sometimes you got to break things down and say, give me some teaching, God. I need some teaching. Teach me how to live. Teach me how to think. Teach me who I am. And that's what today's about. That's what we're going to do. We got to get some teaching in us to understand that teaching is not bad. It's not boring. It's important. Can I get a good strong amen? amen. We got to learn to love his word. You know, and I was just like you. When I got saved, I didn't love his word. I could barely read the thing. I'd get that sleep spirit on me every time I cracked open his word. Every single time. I was like, okay, I love, I'm saved now. I'm going to start reading my Bible. And I, I had this Bible, and I would start reading it, and it wouldn't take long. I'd fall asleep. Amen. How many been there? Oh, come on. You know that the devil, he does the same things to all of us, you know. That's not always even just the devil. You know what else doesn't want you to read the Bible? Your flesh. It ain't always the devil. It's just what's in charge of your life. There are three things. You're a three-pronged being. Just like God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you are a spirit. You live in a body, and you have a soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions. In the New Testament, the Bible says, be spirit-led. That means my spirit is to lead me. But how many of you know, for most of us, the spirit don't lead. The flesh leads. Can I get a good amen on that? We all got to wrestle with the flesh. What does the flesh want? You need to write these down so you can always recognize what's speaking to you. What the flesh wants, if the flesh wants to eat, sleep, be entertained, have sex. 
eat, sleep, be entertained, have sex. Of course, eat and drink is in the same thing. That's what he wants to do. That's all it wants to do. It wasn't the devil that kept you, keeps you from coming to church. You know what it is? It's your flesh. Because he wants to sleep in. Amen? Let's all say it together. Eat and drink. Sleep. Be entertained. Have sex. That's what your flesh wants to do. Did you know, and you know those folks, you know there's some folks, that's all they do. How many know some folks like that? Don't raise your hand, but you see them. Amen? I hope they ain't here today, too. But did you know without God, you're only going to be led by one or two voices? So the, that's what the flesh wants to do. So anytime you're doing one of those things, usually the flesh is in charge. Now, here's what you got to understand. Is eating and drinking bad? No. Is sleeping bad? Is having sex bad? Gotcha. Some of you didn't know what to say there. <laughs> no, well, I, well, yeah. Did you know Jesus, did you know God made sex? How cool is God? No, for real. How cool is God? He made sex. He made the male body. He made the female. He designed the genitalia. He's the author of an orgasm. Somebody say, uh-oh, we're going deep. He is. Read the Bible. Did you know what God's first commandment was to Adam and Eve? Go have sex. Read it. Some of you go, I got to read this Bible again. I missed that part. I didn't see that when I read it. He creates Eve out of Adam's rib. He brings her. Uh, Adam wakes up. He's like, whoa, man. Yeah, that's right. Woman, that's what she is. She, and he goes, you're flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. And then the Spirit of God comes and says, be fruitful and multiply. Translation, go have sex. I'm just going to let that marinate a little bit. Because some of us, listen. We've got wrong concepts about God. I'm going somewhere with this, okay? I'm going somewhere. We've got to understand who we are and whose we are. We've got to understand these things about who God is to us. And I don't know how I got on the sex thing. Some of y'all took me there, I guess. I don't know. But let, let, let let me understand. But just understand this. God and his word, Jesus and his word are one. Now, As he comes into our life, this is what we were talking about. We were talking about flesh, soul, and spirit. None of those things in the flesh that we said the flesh wants to do, eat, drink, sleep, be entertained, and have sex is wrong. Obviously, God created sex to be in the confines of a marriage, okay? And that's where all the single people say, dang. But see, you don't understand it's not a dang, it's a thank you, God. Because anybody that's ever had sex outside of marriage knows it's a bunch of headaches. It's good during, but what you wake up with after is not the same as when a married couple does. 
And if you've ever had relation, if you're having relationship problems and you're sleeping with somebody that is called your boyfriend or your girlfriend, the relationship problems can be solved when you take out the sex. And you say, we're not doing this again until there's a ring on it. Amen? Amen? Come on. Dun, 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 dun. The ring, the ring, right? You got to have that. Come on, Beyonce. Amen? If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Come on. How, how, me, how Beyonce got that revelation and you don't? <laughs> so in the confines of things, the flesh, God put all those desires in us. But here's the thing. The flesh is not to dominate. Can't dominate. Now, you, know, you don't want to know what else can't dominate? Your mind, your soul, your mind, will, and your emotions. The mind likes to be in control. The mind will pick a wrong church for you. The mind will go to the church that has this. I like their kids program. I like their choir. I like this. But the guy preaching every Sunday ain't saying nothing. But the mind don't care because the mind likes what it likes. The mind likes to figure everything out. But then God, but then Jesus throws a crowbar into the mess and he says, hey, you don't walk by sight. You walk by faith. The mind can't figure out faith. So guess what the mind has to do? The mind has to move out of the way and let the spirit lead. Because if anybody knows when you follow Jesus, there are things Jesus does and asks you to do that don't make sense to the mind, to the carnal mind. Come on, did it make sense that he spoke to the fig tree because it had no fruit and he cursed it and said, you ain't never going to have no fruit again. They walk by that tree a few days later and it's dead. Didn't make no kind of sense. Did it make sense when he walked out on the water in the storm and said, hey, Peter, you want to come out here? Peter's like, yeah, did that make sense? No. Did it make sense that he could feed a multitude with a few loaves and fishes? No. Does it make sense that he can heal sickness through the laying on of hands? Does it make sense that through your prayer language, you can have a talk with God? Does that make sense? Not to the carnal mind, but to the renewed mind. It makes all the sense in the world. So what's the goal? Get a renewed mind. Where's a renewed mind found? In the spirit. What's our spirit connected to? Who lives in your spirit? The Bible says Jesus. What is Jesus? The word. How do I strengthen my spirit? Get his word. Are you with me still? Okay. So Jesus says here, I've given them your word. Now look at this next part. And the world has hated them because they're not of this world. Look at your neighbor and said, you, say, you ain't from here. Tell them. You ain't from here. Now tell the other neighbor that you just ignored, I ain't from here. Tell him, eh? Tell him. Tell him. I ain't from here. Guess what? When you're born again, you get a new origin. You get a new origin. Let me, let me, let me I, I got to get you to get this and, and see this now, okay? Because this is teaching that you got to have. The Bible says, and Jesus said, you must be born again. That's not just a nice phrase. That is a description of what takes place for, with you and I when we give Jesus Christ the lordship of our life. 
And so when I was 19 years old, the old Sergio died. I came up to an altar, lifted my hands. I could set a prayer and I meant it with my heart. The old man died, the Bible says. The guy that loved to uh, uh, do things that weren't cool, and some of you knew my past. Armando, look straight ahead. Don't expose me. But the guy that liked to kick it with Mondo and do the things Mondo used to like to do, I'm going to blame you, Mondo. I'm going to blame you. And go the places that Mondo liked to go? <laughs> that guy died. And the Bible says I was born again. You know what that means? My spirit man shoo, came alive. And then it says this, that when I was born again, I became a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Now, here's the problem. My carnal mind, my soul, my mind, will, emotions goes, well, I don't understand that. How in the world can that be? What do you mean you're a new creature? That's how my carnal mind sounds like that. What in God's name do you mean? You did this and you did that. How could you be a new? See, the carnal mind don't get it. So you know what I do to my carnal mind? I say carnal mind, if it's in the word, I believe it. I choose his word over my thoughts. Remember we talked about last week, his thoughts are not my thoughts, his ways are not my ways, they are higher. And so I'd have to get in there and see what begins to happen. You get born again, you're a new creature. Now that didn't just happen to me, that happened to you. Do you see this? Or do I need to point you out? There was a guy that my good friend Eddie Escobar was before he gave his life to Jesus. And let me tell you what he used to do. No, 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 I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But that guy died. And a new person is here today. The twins, don't get me started on the twins, would be here all day. Some of you would never shake their hand again. Sarah's going, go ahead, tell her. Oh, that was Emily, okay. Listen, we all got the stuff. But here's what makes the Bible so powerful is that when by faith you reach in and get the promise that don't make sense to the mind, you can move into a new life. Are you tracking with me? So it says you're born again. Guess what? You got a new origin. So I got saved in March of 1990. Everything changed for me. The old guy died. The new guy put me on the path to be here. Now check this out. The old guy, he likes to try to resurrect. The old Serge likes to poke his head up. And it's usually in times, catch this, when I'm not in my word. When I'm not in my word, when I'm not in my word, old Sergio comes around and he tries to get me to be the old person that I was. And when I get back in his word, I got to remind that fool, you're dead. You're dead. 
And everything you did is dead. I don't have to carry the shame of what you did because I no longer associate myself with you. I associate myself with Jesus. Some of you in here, you still carry the guilt of all the things you did before you got saved, the people you fought, the men you slept with, the abuse you took. You wake up every day and you're fighting the memories of all your sins. Listen, by faith, you inherit the promises of God. Jesus, Isaiah talks about that when you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive them. He casts our sin into the sea of forgetfulness, remembering it no more. If he don't remember it, it's deleted. But the carnal mind wants to talk. Yeah, but I don't understand. I, you did it. You were there. How could you see? And carnal mind, shut up. By faith, I'm choosing to appropriate the word, and I'm renewing my mind to a new reality. Are you guys getting this? So it goes deep. It goes deep. Some of you, you look at where you came from. And you carry the shame of your family. You carry the shame of your neighborhood. You carry the shame of what was done to you before you came to Christ. And what you've got to understand is that is not your origin. Christ is your origin. Amen? So I am not just the sum of my mother and father coming together. I've superseded that and have now made the origin heaven, and Jesus. You want to know where my identity is? It's not in my mom and dad and the Lamone family and all that, even though it's great, I love it. But I got to supersede that from where I'm going. So my origin begins to be Christ Jesus. And so you that have been abused by a mom and dad, you who have raised without a father, you that were raised with an abusive mother, you have to disassociate with that old person. And you've got to now identify with Christ and his word. Are you catching this today? Because if you can catch this, you can break the limits off of your life. If you can catch this, you can navigate in a world of darkness and be light. And that is what we're talking about. Being in the world, but not of it. But before you can do that, you got to quit having this wrestling match in your mind. Stop letting your flesh lead you. And your mind, the things it can figure out, lead you. And start letting God's word lead you. If his word says it, I believe it, that settles it. Amen? If his word says it, you now. If his word says it. Okay, y'all like, y'all, y'all, y'all just. If his word says it. Come on, you're going to repeat after me now. If his word says it, I believe it, that settles it. You know what we just did there? We crucified the unrenewed mind. That unrenewed mind gets us in trouble, y'all. So think about those three voices, the spirit, the flesh, and the soul. Most of you live making decisions based on one of those three voices. Don't ever pick a wife or a husband listening only to the flesh. Because what begins to happen? The dude, because we're already visual, 
begins to pick a wife simply based on how she makes his flesh feel. So you get a girlfriend who's fine, but dumb as a bag of rocks. Too harsh? (laughs) Or you get a girlfriend who looks good, but is filled with iniquity and sin and has no heart after God. And then you want to come to me and say, Pastor, look at my new girlfriend. Ain't she fine? And I'm not led that way. What leads me is the word. So if you're ever going to come to me, singles, with relationship advice, my first question is always going to be, do they serve Jesus? And here's what the answer always is. Well, they go to church. These chairs are in church. Don't mean you date them. Mosquito got in here today in church. That don't mean he's saved. And there's always tension times. Because my job is to give the word so you can live by the spirit. But if you're led by your flesh, that's why some people don't like me. (gasps) Pastor, people don't like you? God, don't play that. They don't. You want to know why? Because if you're led by flesh or soul, those that walk by the spirit, you will always see them as your enemy. You'll always see them as your enemy. Because if you walk based by the flesh and the soul, you want what your soul wants, you want what your flesh wants, but then somebody comes and gives you the word? No, no. So we leave spiritual churches and we will find places that will tickle our ears. I'm not trying to throw stones here, but you need to understand this. We will pick places of worship that either please the flesh or stroke the soul. I've been in church growth seminars where they're telling you, if you want your church to grow, don't pray in tongues. They've said that. Because the unsaved person comes in and they will think, what in the world is going on here? And you know what? That makes a lot of sense. And I'm not saying we just run around and be crazy. You know what I'm saying? There's wisdom in this thing too. But the Bible says this in the New Testament that tongues are a sign to the unbeliever. How is it a sign when we all know that could kind of freak somebody out a little bit? Again, what you going to believe? The word, the spirit, or the mind? It's very intricate, but here's where we're going here. We need to understand and learn these things so that we can navigate with God through a dark world. So back to our text here again. So, the world, so Jesus says this, I've given them the word. Your world has hated them. Now, what is he talking about that, that again? Why does the world hate Jesus? You want to know why the world hated Jesus? Because he confronted the flesh and the soul. Keep going. Just as I, and let me just say this, be real careful about them folks that like to talk bad about church and like to, like to talk bad about the things of God. And they'll tell you real quick and they'll be bold about it. Oh, I love God, but I just can't stand church. Church people are hypocrites. You know, my answer to that always is everybody's hypocrites. Yeah, but church is full of hypocrites. So's the mall. You still go there. 
So is your job. You still show up every day. Shows your family. Oh, well, let's stop right there. Amen. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. How do what people do? You know, no, no, no. It doesn't work like that. I'm not going to let a few weak folks mess up me obeying God's word and telling me what to do. Amen. See, it always comes back to the word. Just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. This is interesting to me because and I got to take a moment here and explain this. You know, because a lot of us grew up in churches where the theme song was, I'll fly away, Lord Jesus. Uh, remember, those, remember those songs? Some of y'all, yeah, I've taken you back. You know, we had those, we had those things of where, like, you know, uh, we, we couldn't wait to get out of the earth. And then in the 90s, they started making these really bad movies called uh, Left Behind or Left Your Behind or something like that. It was one of the two. And we started making these movies um, actually, they started way back earlier in the 70s. Those 70s movies were, were creepy, boy. You know, my, me and my cousin Paul, we'd get together to have a, uh, a horror movie night, and we'd watch these Christian movies <laughs> about the rapture. And about, uh, uh, some of you might remember, they had some creepy, some creepy, st- it was wild, boy. Uh, and and the, the, the movies were about the church, you better get ready for the rapture, because we got to get on out of here. We got to leave this earth because it's all going to blow up someday. Amen? You guys heard those kind of teachings? And then Y2K came around. Uh Uh-oh. Don't raise your hand if you brought uh, buckets of rice and beans and put them in your garage. I knew folks in Florida that bought rice and beans. You go in their garage, they got all these beans and rice. It's like, what's going on? You opening a restaurant? No, no, no. Y2K, we're just getting ready. We just want to be safe. Went over to another dude's house. He bought this big uh, uh, water container, and, and he hollowed it out and made it down there for a bomb shelter. We said, what you doing, man? Oh, Y2K, man. Dug up his whole backyard, put that thing in it. People did this all over the place with the belief that at any time, we got to hurry up and get out of this place. But that's not what Jesus says. You know what Jesus says? He says, You know, the world has hated them because they're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. You know, most Christians are doing, praying, hurry up, God, come. Hurry up and come, Lord, take us away. But you know what? That should be scary to you. Because if Jesus comes tomorrow, some people you love ain't going. The neighbor that you like to talk to every morning, hey, how you doing, neighbor? Does he know Jesus? The, per, the lady in the next cubicle that you like to, you know, laugh with every day, does she know Jesus? And you're over here going, God, come tomorrow. I pray that you come soon. Don't make no sense. I don't want him to come tomorrow. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I cannot believe you said that, Pastor. Let me explain. I don't want him to come tomorrow because if he comes, I got family members that ain't going. So do you. Amen. So Jesus is saying, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world. Look what he says. Uh, But you should keep them from the evil one. They're not of the world just as I am not of the world. Do you guys see he keeps saying that? He keeps saying that. Robbie, you're not of the world. Doug, you're not of the world. You ladies right here, you're not of the world. This section right over here, you're not of the world. You're not of the world. Say it to yourself, I'm not of this world. 
Not of this world. He, can Jesus lie? So what is Jesus referring to? See, the carnal mind comes in. What do you mean I'm not of this world? Come on, I was born by my mom, and I was born at Kaiser right over there on the south side. The Bible's lying. What is this? No, carnal mind, be quiet. Jesus deals with us. Listen now. He's dealing with us from the spiritual standpoint of your born-again birthday. Because remember, he doesn't remember the old you. He don't remember it. Isn't that what Isaiah says? I cast your sins into the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west, remembering them no more. And we come into prayer. God, I know I'm unworthy because of all the stuff I've done in my life. And God is literally going, what are you talking about? You know, God, all the stuff I did in my teenage years, he doesn't remember it. So when Jesus is talking about us, he says, God, they ain't from here, remember? Remember when they came to the altar, they got born again? Their origin now is not their natural origin. It's a heavenly origin. Are you guys seeing this? Guys, you need to understand. You got to quit associating with your carnal, your carnal nature. Quit associating with your mistakes. Quit associating with your sins. Quit associating with your past. You are not a divorcee. You are not an abused person. You are not a sinner. You are a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away and everything's new. You don't like to do the things you used to do. Right? Well, that's the goal anyway. We're going to touch on that. So let's keep reading. Keep them from the evil one. They're not of this world as I'm not of this world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So here's the thing. Sanctify means separate. Again, what is Jesus saying? He's saying, God, give them your word so that they can disassociate from their old life, from the system of the world. Are you guys tracking with me today? Stay with me now. I want, I want you to see this. So as you send me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Tell your neighbor we're in it, not of it. Now, let me, let me get ready for a closing here. So what is Jesus talking about the world? The word there in the Greek is actually the word cosmos. Cosmos is where we get that word cosmic. Uh, uh, cosmos is the word he's saying there when he says, I send them into the world. They're not of this world. And it speaks of the inhabited earth and the people who live on it. In a nutshell, it means this, the system of the world. And he says, God, I send them in to the system of the world. Every single one of you, you're born again. Your origin is Jesus. You're not of this world. But he sends you into the system of your job, of your neighborhood, of relationships, of this world. But you better remember you're not of this world. Amen? Let me, give you some, let me give you some more scriptures here. So as we're saying, if you're going to go into the world, understand where you come from. 1 John 4, 4. 
This is where you come from. I got to tell you this because, see, some of you still think I was born over there on San Rock Way and I was I lived there my whole life. I was a Saga boy since 1971. And, you know, listen, no, you got a new origin. South Sac is not your origin. Look at 1 John 4, 4 says this. You are of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you are of God. You're of God. It says this, little children. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Here it is. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on. Greater is he that is in me. I got to do it in my mind because y'all ain't catching it. I said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You got to catch this because why? Why do we got so many people falling in love with a world that is lesser than what you got on your insides. So many Christians trying to be like the world. So many Christians doing business the world's way. So many Christians trying to be married the world's way. So many women trying to find a man the world's way. So many men trying to find a woman the world's way. Trying to raise kids the world's way. Trying to do life the world's way. But guess what the Bible says? There's a greater way, and it's in you. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. You got to know where you come from. You got to know where you come from. You are of God. You're of God. You're of God. Point Point your neighbor and tell him, I'm of God. Say it with a little attitude. Make them mad about it, too. I'm of God. Now, here, here, here's where the carnal mind, here's where that soul wants to step up and make itself known. Wait a minute. You can't be of God. You was just at the bar last month. Was that of God? See, the mind wants to get up in there. You yelled at your wife at the, south, the side of your mouth the other day. Was that of God? Right? We all get those thoughts, right? What is the, what did, you know what Satan does? What is his other name for Satan? The accuser of the brethren. So the minute you start identifying with God, Satan comes and goes, ah, oh, whoa, 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 it ain't that easy. It ain't that easy. You ain't of God. You can barely stop smoking. You still drinking. You still dealing with this. You still dealing with that. What about that dream you had last night? What was you watching on the internet the other day? Huh? Oh, and you of God. Got real quiet in this Baptist church today. But this is how it happens. This is what happens. So the enemy tries to use our unrenewed mind to talk us out of the new creation realities. Can I just tell you something? You're never going to be perfect. You're never going to do everything right. You're never going to get it right all the time. But if you can renew your mind to who you are and where you come from, 
things will begin to line up. See, we got people trying to deal with sin. Oh, I got, I got to stop. I got to, get, I got to get over this thing. I got to stop doing this thing. It's so bad. And da, da, da. I got this addiction. And you, we wrestle with it in the soul realm. But you know where the root of every sin is, is in the spirit realm. But I don't understand. See, that mind is talking. It's trying to get you, trying to get you to back up off of God's word and resign to your own way of thinking. The quicker you make the word above your mental capacity, the faster you get free. So understand where you come from. You're of God. Tell your neighbor again with an attitude. You're of God. Look at 1 John 5, 19 through 20. 1 John 5, 19 through 20 says this. We know that we are of God. Come on, let's say that together. We know that we are of God. Amen? That's who we are. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and given us in understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. We are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. We know that we're of God. I learned a long time ago that, you know, whenever I step into the presence of God, he does not see me. He sees Jesus. When you step into your prayer closet and you begin to get on your face and whatever you're praying for, he don't see you no more. Cynthia ceases to exist in prayer. Guess who exists in her stead? Jesus. The son, the, un, the, 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 the firstborn son of God. When Christ, when God looks at this room right now, you know what it looks like? Jesus. Jesus. It ain't you coming before the Father with all that junk you bring and all the mistakes you've made. Because why? We are in him. That's why the Bible says boldly come before the throne of grace. Why? Because when God looks at you, he sees his son. Yeah, pastor, but I, I ain't been praying. You know, I haven't been doing my confessions. I ain't, I ain't been to church and I don't, I don't always get it right. And man, I haven't read my Bible. See, it don't work that way anymore. The old way was you got righteousness through what you did. The new way, you get righteousness by faith, which means what you believe and act on. So I want you, this week when you pray, you need to be bold. None of this, Father, if it be your will, can you please do this? Or how about the deal-making prayers? Amen? That's a hustler's prayer right there. Father, if you only do this, I promise I will never again go over to my tia's house and drink beers with her during the Raider game. That's the hustler's prayer. Now that we got to make a deal here to make this work. No. You know what you need to make it work? Faith in his word. He don't see you. See, and this is the problem. We, if I can get you to get this, your prayer life will skyrocket. 
Because you know what the number one thing that keeps us from prayer? Unworthiness. Shame. The minute you get in God's presence, you're like, he ain't even listening. Why is he listening to me? He's listening to you because he don't see you. You're in Christ. He sees Christ. Are you with me on this? Yeah, but what about all the stuff I've done? It's under the blood. And if there's some new stuff that you don't think is under the blood, put it under the blood. Amen? If the, between the last time you prayed and the time you're going in there now, put it under the blood. Yeah, but I just yelled at this person. I just put it under the blood and go right in. Amen? Do you guys realize when he died for you, he died for the sins that you committed in your past, your present, and your future? Right? Because when he died on the cross, it was all in the future. So what you're about to do tomorrow, it's already forgiven. Now, that don't mean go out and do it anyway. I, knew, I saw some of you going there. That don't mean that because, see, what that does, it pulls your heart away from God. But when somebody has a right heart, they get it, that makes me want to do right even more. Are you tracking with me today? you got to know where you come from, people. Next one, John 18, 36. It says this, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom were of this world. My servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Kingdom of God is not worldly. It's not of this world. Amen? You're not of this world. God's ways are not of this world. When he talks about the kingdom, we know what is he saying? He's talking about the system of the kingdom of God. The system of the kingdom of God is not of this world. Look what it says now in Philippians, uh, Philippians 3, 17 through 21. It says, brethren, join in following my example. Note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame. They set their mind on earthly things. Guys, what, what are they saying here? Quit following folks that follow earthly things. Some of you chasing careers for the wrong reason. Some of you chasing promotion for the wrong reason. You chasing a relationship for the wrong reason. Don't follow folks that are based on chasing worldly things. Listen to this. For our citizenship is in heaven. Tell your neighbor I'm a citizen. See, some of you were like, oh, pastor, I can't say that. I'm, I'm, I'm not a citizen. No, you're a citizen of heaven. And that's greater. Come on, I tell them, boy, I'm a citizen. Felt good, didn't it? You're a citizen of heaven. Look what he says. From which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. People, you're not from here. You're not from here. We're not from here. We're not of this world. Tell your neighbor you're out of this world. 
give him a good wink too. Don't be creepy though. Don't be creepy. Look at this. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. It says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. You know what those words mean? You ain't from here. You're just passing through. That's what a pilgrim is. I beg you as people that are passing through. Look what it says. Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. You know what it's saying? Don't follow the world's ways. You ain't from here. Amen? You ain't from here. Why are you getting wrapped up in culture? You ain't from here. Amen? Can we, can we settle that? Now, here's, the, here's what you got to do as you leave here today. You got to settle in your heart what your origin is. You've got to let the old you die. Because you know what we got in the church right now? We got zombies. Come on, walking dead. And I'm up here. What's the sheriff's name? Rick. I'm up here. Sheriff Rick right now. I'm going to take out some zombies. Serge, come on up here. Here's my son. Remember my son, Rick's son? Come on, I was joking. <laughs> Anybody watch Walking Dead? Walking Dead, Rick gets in there and he takes out the zombies. We got zombies in the church. What are zombies? Things and people that are supposed to be dead, but they're still walking the earth. Why is the old you still making decisions? Why is the old you trying to tell you what to do with your money? Why is the old you trying to tell you who to date? Why is the old you trying to tell you how to do that business, that job, raise those kids? Shoot that zombie. Put him down. Pow. Amen? Take him out. Amen? If you're from the hood, hold it sideways. Crack, crack, crack. Put that thing down. Stand on your feet this morning, amen? Put that thing down. Every morning you open that word, you're putting that zombie down. I'm not going to follow my thoughts, my flesh. I'm going to follow this word. And this word is going to tell me who I am, whose I am, and what I have. I've said this before, and if you don't do it, you need to start. You should read your Bible with a pen or a highlighter. And every time you read a scripture that says who you are, whose you are, or what you have, you need to highlight that. And you need to stop your reading and speak it over your life. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not not beneath. Whatever it says you got, start speaking over your life. I have the wisdom of God. Now, I know you didn't graduate high school. I know you got, went to the University of Daler. But the Bible says you have the mind of Christ. What you going to believe? What you going to believe? 19 years old, I cracked open the word. And I saw the word say, go into all the world and preach the gospel. I put that Bible down. You know what my mind told me? Fool, you can't even keep your room clean. 
I had a decision to make. I'm going to believe this Bible. Amen? What are you going to believe? You going to keep believing what your family tells you? You going to keep believing the history that you come from? We can't make it in this country. Pfft. Says who? Well, the white man's going to keep this down and do this. We're brown. We're African-American. We're this. We're that. No. The Bible says greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Are you guys tracking with me? What report will you believe? Hey everybody, Pastor Sergio here, and we just want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Make sure you check us out next week as we continue this series.